Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour. Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Good morning and welcome to the Yoga Hour, a time to open our hearts and minds to the infinite. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien while she's away. Today, I'll be sharing some insights and time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga. Now, yoga is a word that is familiar to just about everybody today, but when you hear the word yoga, many people just think about postures, about the uh, physical poses. But actually, yoga is a Sanskrit word that means oneness, union, or unity. The bring together of our attention and awareness with our essential spiritual nature to be restored to our original wholeness. So today we, our topic is awaken to the fire of love within. What is that call to awaken to love? What is that call and how do we respond to it? What is this amazing journey of adventure that is our soul's destiny to take? We are fortunate today to be joined by Anne Hillman, who is an author and adult educator. She is the author of two books, including the book that we are focusing on today, Awakening the Energies Within, Discovering Fire for the Second Time, the second edition. And she's also an adult educator who mentors groups and individuals seeking a mature spirituality. Her writing and experiential learning opportunities are an invitation to step into a creative framework that's larger than our cultures tend to offer. Her website is annhillman.net, A-N-N-E, Hillman, H-I-L-L-M-A-N, annhillman.net. So good morning, Anne, and welcome to the Yoga Hour. I'm really delighted that you could join me today. Oh, I'm so delighted to be here. I, I'm very grateful to be to have been asked. Um, I've well, been good. a follower. I've been listening and reading Ellen Grace O'Brien for at least 20 years, and her daily interviews oh. are wonderful. <laughs> um, oh, good. Yeah. All right. So before we begin our before we begin our dialogue about awakening the love within, let's begin with a moment of meditation. Oh. Let's take this moment, a yoga moment, a moment of oneness and unity. Let's use this moment to turn our attention within. 
And we can do that very easily by just using a tool that's with us all the time, our breath. So let's begin by taking that fully conscious breath, just noticing as we inhale and exhale. Just noticing the breath's natural flow, not trying to change it. And feeling as we inhale the cool air entering the nostrils. And as we exhale, the warm air flowing out. And with each inhale, imagine that we're diving within. And with each exhale, we relax. In this moment, as we dive within, we can open our heart to the essence at the core of our being. This essence, this one reality called by many names, is a support and substance of all that is. Right where we are, Right here and right now, this divine essence is present as you, as me, as everyone and everything. It's within us, between us and all around us. Just by being present now and noticing, we can rest in this essence of our being. We notice thoughts and feelings as they arise. And we watch them as they pass away. We become aware of our essential nature beyond words or thoughts, beyond sensation, beyond all change. Pure existence being. We feel the peace that emanates from the essence of our being and allow it to pervade the mental field, the emotional nature, and the physical body. We abide in this peace and let it overflow as blessing for all beings everywhere. Once again, Anne Hillman, welcome to the Yoga Hour. Thank you. So, so Anne, the, the second edition of your book, Awakening the Energies of Love, was released last year in 2016. And I believe the first edition was, was it 2008? I didn't write yeah. that down. Yeah. Um, so, so what inspired you to write the book originally? Thanks for the question. Um, I think probably a little of my story would help, and I answer that. Um, I I I had to be broken. I don't know about others, but I stepped onto the steps, the spiritual path, after being broken for the first time, and then there were other times uh, that followed. Um, there's an old saying like, uh, "The seed that is to grow must crack and lose itself." as seed 
and uh, that was a wonderful image for me. Mm. The breaking for me began in 1968, um, but uh, ten years earlier, my my husband uh, would offer was offered a position at Dartmouth College as a faculty in the music department, and I had a chance to be a music director at a local school. Uh, you started to say, did you? Oh, okay. Um, and we, Hanover was a really small town, but it was a real community. People watched out and took care of one another, and it was a good life. But at the same time, in 68, things were brooding. You know, Vietnam, the early movements for women and people of color, student uprisings, and 1968, Robert Kennedy and Martin Luther King were both assassinated. And that was roiling outside at the same time the community had lost within a few months in 1968 five people in freak accidents. Uh, our beloved babysitter, our Episcopal priest, one of our doctors, a toddler. And shortly afterwards, my husband, Milton, uh, flew out on his first concert tour in the country. And on his way back... Um, he was killed in a commercial airline plane crash. And mm. that was a, the end of my world. You know. um, yeah. We had, yeah. We had two children, three and seven. And uh, it was really a nightmare. And I think I, I tried to write down just the day before it happened what really mattered to me. I, had, I bought a special mm. little leather-covered book. And for some reason, it was very important to me to get those things down the day before. Uh, and clearly love was central and something about God, and I didn't know what that was. But mm-hmm. love has really always been a central value in my life, perhaps because I needed it so much myself. And inwardly, I asked again and again, did I love him enough? You know, did, do mm-hmm. I wasn't even sure I'd been a good enough wife. So, you know, all of that was going on inside. And to take care of the kids and all the responsibilities I suddenly had, I just um, coped by pushing down grief and terror. And I took to try to take control, control of my life. And one way I did that was to move away from the memories to Boston and went to graduate school. And then afterwards, I was so scared, I'd sit by the phone and didn't dare to pick it up and call and try to make appointments in order to get a job. Uh, mm-hmm. I was amazed when life brought me two hospital jobs in a row, one in Cambridge and a few years later in California. And there, my responsibilities included uh, management education. And their first priority was, please help us reduce yeah. stress in our lives. <laughs> So as you were saying, as you were saying, Anne, you were talking about the seed that, you know, that, that broke open. Um, so yeah. what, what, what was it that led you to that, uh, realization? And I was also, uh, reminded when you were speaking, I was reminded of, and I'm, I'm forgetting who said this, but, um, it was a poet who said, uh, you know, it's the, the cracks in the vase, uh, that, yeah. uh, let the, that let the light in, uh, which is another, you know, image of how when we are broken, and, um, you know, that, that uh, our hearts can open in a way perhaps that they haven't before. Yes. Well, that, I mean, that, that's really very apt. And the, the, the light coming through is the magic. <laughs> um, yeah. I, 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 one of the things I had to do, I mean, I didn't know anything about stress in terms of what it, you know, what, how to deal with it. So I had to educate myself. And one of the first things was to learn about meditation. And so I went into transcendental meditation. It was the only thing I knew about. And after right. the first the first mantra was given me, I slept through the night for the first time in years. You know, wow. so I was wow. I also tried massage. You know, the, the authorities suggested massage, and my masseur said to me, "Your your 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 tissue is like beef jerky." <laughs> mm, wow! Talk about con- contraction. You know, so at that point, right. no right. Like, you know, no state mm-hmm. at all. Uh, but but something was leading me, you know. And um, and then I, and it, I uh, go ahead. No, God, go ahead. So um, I I know that you 
um, you know, that you have uh, been a longtime uh, meditator. Um, and then um, there was um, there was something about uh, fire, um, and that is, you know, one of the things that you refer to in the title of your book. So can you say a little bit about that? Yes, I will. I, I, I think what happens is that, I mean, this, the fire in me took two forms. One was breaking me down. And mm. I think working in a, a high-tech environment after that uh, gave me that breaking I needed. It was toxic. It was focused on uh, secret work for the military and government from many, many nations. Uh, and by that time, my coping mechanism just gave up. You know, I was lost. I was lonely. I was terrified. And so then I was led to a new spiritual path. And, uh, and that was when I began to open, and that was when there were little embers, not fired yet, you know. Uh, but uh, that path, really, in a sense, what I knew, you know, my intelligence, my intellect, all that, none of that mattered. It mm-hmm. what mattered was doing what I think you called, uh, what was it, tapas? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, pra- practice. Yeah, you don't have to use practice, the, the Sanskrit yeah. word, but just yes, practice. Yeah. You know that steady, yeah. steady practice is, um, you know, is is if you, if there's maybe one piece of advice that is um, nearly universal, I think, in various spiritual paths, it's it's steady, steadiness. You know, and yeah. uh, and yeah. steadiness of practice. So. The subtitle of your book, Awakening the Energies of Love, Discovering Fire for the Second Time, comes from a poem by Pierre Taylor de Chardin, a scientist, paleontologist, and Jesuit priest. So um, do, you, do you have that quote? Can you share that quote with us? Yes, I'd be glad to. I'll just have to find it. <laughs> um. He, he was a paleontologist who actually was involved in the finding of the uh, the embers of probably one of the first human fires, uh, which is kind of amazing. I know you had this on a piece of paper for me, and I have my bacteria. Someday, this is what he said, someday after mastering the winds, the waves, the tides, and gravity, we shall harness for God the energies of love. And then for the second time in, his, in the history of the world, humanity will have discovered fire. And I saw that in a very brief, um, brief reduction on a poster. I had, I had been asked uh, by my national organization to give a, a workshop on stress in 1979. And I said to them that things were changing so much inside me, the embers um, gradually softening me and quieting me down, that the kind of things I thought about, all the thinking, was beginning to dissolve. And I think this, this focus on words, on um, intellect, has been the, much of, of the human problem today. Um, mm. So I... I um, I said to them, no, I, I won't do a workshop, but if you would let me give a presentation in silence and with no words, with art and photography, I'd like to do something and I'd like to call it the evolution of stress. And it, it was, uh, it's available for free on the sidebar of my, of my uh, website uh, in half of it. I mean, just it's, it's been reduced in length. Uh, so it's a half hour of quiet and looking at images. And the whole idea was watching the increasing tension from the time of the caveman and the primitives, so-called primitives, to our intense lives here. And then this was in the 70s. You can imagine um, what would have happened. And the artists, the artists at that time were, 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 were putting out uh, images of what we were going through. Loneliness, mm. and uh, so I gave this uh, presentation, and afterwards, yeah, you know, and I based it on what things that were going across the screen in my mind. Laurel, it was like I would see images of of little children, and I was doing the therapy, and I would see 
I'm very interested in evolution. And all these images were coming to me. And so they were what came into this presentation, which was intention, the movement in the body. Anyone who watches it is going to feel this. And that was my, mm. that was experiential learning. Uh, right. And, and then they'll feel the change and the moving into the spiritual journey and the peace that comes at the end. And um, people left, and they left in quiet. You know, they didn't talk, and I thought, gosh, they, they didn't like it. Uh, and then a man came up to me from the back of the room. It was otherwise empty, and he took both my hands, and he said, you know, when I, my plan when I left this conference was to go back to New York City and commit suicide. He said, now mm-hmm. I'm going to get help. I'm going to call a therapist, and I'm going to change my life. You know, mm-hmm. and that was my first glimpse of how the connection happens. I mean, it wasn't just inside me. It, was, it affected someone else, you know. He, yes, um, yeah. He, he, was alive, he was alive 20 years later. <laughs> I, uh, I haven't checked since. But then I walked out the door and I saw this poster, and the poster simply said, when Dan discovers love, he will have discovered fire for the second time. And Kayars had put into words, I think this is why I'm taking so long, he put into words in one short sentence what I was trying to express in this mm-hmm. entire presentation. So then I thought, well, so, well, well, so what did, I don't what know do you what think that, you... all that stuff meant. Go ahead. I was going to say, so from your perspective today, you know, when you look at that quote, you know, for the second time in the history of the world, humanity will have right. discovered fire. So right. what, what does that what does that mean to you? And, and why? What does it say about love? What does fire say about okay. love? Well, the first question is, you know, what did all that mean in 1978? You know, what, what did what was what was being said in those words, you know? Uh, I, I couldn't understand it. I didn't know what harness meant or, or I didn't know what energies were or what love was as energy. Uh, all that was unknown to me. And so uh, I think the first fire, I think that's what you're asking, right? For me. Well, and the first well fire, I, I would, yeah. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. So the first fire for me after it took 30 years to live into these questions you know i'd sit in silence and i'd just contemplate and mm-hmm. it five of those years took to write the book so it was a learning curve for me um but you can't write about what you don't know <laughs> so no indeed you can yeah and then that first fire uh were of creatures you know who who had did not have words and the confluence of, of the fire and the coming of language, first fire, taming it, uh, was a transformation. Uh, and these beings became human beings uh, through the use of language, sitting around the fire, trying to somehow communicate. But it, it, was, a, it was a huge risk for them. You know, they, their, their bodies told them no, and something was calling them, something calling them to do something different. In, in a, a period of very great cold, mm-hmm. someone picked up embers and took them home. And that changed everything. But it's going against right. what, what, you know, it's going against that and the risk and the danger and the, the commitment to do it that was so, that changed the world. I, I love that. Right. So, so the first fire was obviously, you know, it transformed society, really. It was the beginning of, you know, tra- transformation of, uh, as you said, you know, the language coming in and an ability to, you know, to do so much that, um, you know, that, that they didn't, uh, they hadn't been able to do until they, uh, they took that risk and brought the fire into the cave and risked, you know, setting things on fire. But what, right. what do you think is he means by, um, love being the second fire? Yeah. Well, that, see, that's the inquiry. And it, I mean, I couldn't say it in a couple of minutes, you know, it, it, it's a, mm-hmm. it took me several hundred page, 200 more pages to write about this, but, mm-hmm. uh, Love somehow is is related to whatever it is that's calling us from inside, like the images when I was forty some odd years old, like the song, the the um, and and it pulls. And at the same time, 
our yearning is pushing us. We somehow want to be something more than we are. We don't know what it is. We aim right. for something, but we don't know what it is, you know. And so that fire kindles something in us. And uh, at the same time, we have to lose something. Um, if, if we're going to enter this fire, if we're going to uh, let it touch us and change us, uh, we went from, in, in those old ancients, we became homo sapiens, people who know. But this fire of love says we have to let go of our knowing. We have to let our, mm. as you did in the beautiful meditation, let our thinking, you know, recede and open to the unknown, uh, which is scary. And I think it's that terror, and uh, just as the older version of fire, that terror in us is going on now. It's hard for people to let go of their attention on what's going through their mind in words. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. have to let go of old beliefs, or old behaviors. It's a whole new orientation, and we're not oriented. We let go of our orientation to words and listen in the quiet. Hmm. Lovely. So we've come to the break. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with our guest, Anne Hillman, author, poet, and adult educator. Uh, Her website is annhillman.net, and that's again, Anne with an E. AnnHillman.net. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien. When we come back from the break, we'll explore awakening to the energies of love within. We'll be right back. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Do you ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings, is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck, author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart Center Metaphysics speaks to truth seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit. Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. 
Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for the Yoga Hour's regular host, Yogacharya O'Brien, and I'm joined today by Anne Hillman, author of Awakening the Energies of Love, Discovering Fire for the Second Time. Again, the website is annhillman.net. So, Anne, your book is really all about spiritual awakening, both your own and also the stories of many other people's experiences. So, so. When we talk about spiritual awakening, why do you think it matters? Well, that's that's a wonderful question. Um, I I mean, I think people long for this awakening. I think that's why people who are listening to this program are practicing uh, in the hope of that. And um, we never know when it's going to happen and how. And we're all, I mean, I think uh, the truth is we're all already awakened and we just have to uh, make that that conscious but what matters is that it isn't for us you know we we are we awaken in order to be able to serve um mm. and so we let go you know uma has a, a wonderful thing to say about it she says if if an awakening isn't character building it's just fireworks that fizzles i love that um mm. I've, mis- I've misquoted her, but it's close enough. Yeah. And so I think the building of character, the 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 finding the truth about ourselves, the knowing who we really are um, as we deepen, um, is part of the practice. And many people don't want to do that. You know, they want to see something out there. There's something wrong with that person or that politician or that particular act. And that kind of judgment goes with this thinking process. But if uh, if we do these practices that you do, we, I mean, we all have our own in different in, on different paths. Um, that awakens us to the fact that we are all we are all one, and that we all carry characteristics and uh, passions and uh, problems. But really characteristics that are in our genes, we carry things that are so frightening to look at that we'd rather just do good. <laughs> do good and mm-hmm. don't just think about it. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, been, that's been the fire for me. You know, that fire um, has, has, has burned me, and I think that's what happens to most people. And it's mm-hmm. love that keeps calling us, keeps calling us, come and live and be whole. <laughs> Be yes. one. Love. Yeah. You, and you, if you don't, you, you can't give something you don't have. You know, if you don't love yourself, if, if, if you can't love, work in love in a relationship, how can you love others? How can you love others if you don't mm-hmm. love this one, this one that calls us somehow? How can you love others? So. Mm. So, um, as you mentioned, it is a uh, process of gradual awakening, gradual flowering, and it, it doesn't usually come in a flash, at least for most of us. Um, so, one of the things, one of the uh, quotes that you had from Yogacharya O'Brien that I that I enjoyed is this one: "A spiritual path must present both philosophy and practice. Study without practice can be likened to going into a fine restaurant, studying the menu, and departing before ordering or even tasting the meal." So philosophy provides a foundation and practice will build upon that foundation, a knowledge that is unshakable. So in your view, how does having a steady spiritual practice like meditation help? I think meditation for me is at the core of everything. Uh, I think, uh, I think a lot of, a lot of what happens in people is that you get these inner conflicts about who I am, uh, what I think, what I believe, and see yourself not being able to act or do it. And, and um, those conflicts eventually, you know, ignite. And uh, that often can lead to a sudden awakening, which is, which is un, un, uh, one can't really talk, one can't explain it, and everyone tries. Um, 
but this the practice continues afterwards and the practice going toward in the hope of awakening or after awakening is absolutely essential. Um, I sat outside in, as the moon was setting one morning a few years back and something said, there's a presence in my body. And I was meditating. And I mean, I wasn't thinking. But I checked it out and sure enough, two tumors in my pancreas. You know, mm. uh, so that was... That was a gift. So there, there are gifts. There are, there are, there's suffering. There's pain. There's, there's a lot of feelings. Uh, but then you share them with the human race. You know, you, you know. Uh, meditation is foundational. I meditate mm. morning, evening. Don't you? Don't I. You that is. Oh yes, absolutely. I meditate. Absolutely. And my practice is not always as steady as I was like, but it's something that I'm working on. So. Well, I mean, I've, done, I've been meditating for 40 years. I'm 82. Yes. And, uh, yeah. I, I, and you know, it, it has not been steady. But now, somehow, it's, I run to it. You know, I love it. Yes. And, yeah. And well, I do find that. that the, yeah, the, the more that you practice, the more you want to practice. I mean, it really yeah. does uh, build on build on itself, and and I do miss it uh, when I when I don't yeah. take that time. Yeah, yeah. So another of the key practices of Kriya Yoga is uh, self study, and you talk about this in in your book as a call to awaken. Yeah. You say that yeah. often we hear that call as the deeper questions: Who yeah. am I? What is love and what is God? Now, yeah. not asking you to you know answer those questions, but just I know from your book because those three questions are sort of woven through the book. Who yeah. am I? What is love and what is God? Right. So, how has interacting with those questions helped you in your spiritual journey? I think first of all, they're they're ultimately unanswerable. Who am I? Mm. Just go. There's a one can give a facile answer, but to experience that is a whole different story. And so mm. it helped. Again, it's helped me. Quiet. It's helped me to be a more quiet person. Uh, but it's more. It's it has settled me into membership in the entire creation. Uh, membership with others. Uh, I have found in meditation that uh, in, in my groups here, and you've had this surely when you go to temple, uh, that people are joined. They fall in love with one another. But more than that, they find that each of them are uh, connected in many, many ways. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, we, you, you, exper- you experience, you experience uh, what all the sages have talked about, uh, that we are indeed one. So yes, and been, and it is it is lovely, and it adds a real um, a real richness, I think, to uh, to life to be able to you know spend time in a community uh, to be together to meditate together. I mean, those are really enriching uh, things. And as you said, um, you know, you do you leave those experiences with much more, a deeper sense of connection, you know, to people, to others, you know, to your spiritual community, to life in general. Um, it is a gift. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, 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 in, 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 in these kinds of groups, and I'm not doing them anymore. I mean, I've just decided this year not to do them anymore. But uh, people will go home and deepen for two weeks through meditation and they will then write something to read aloud to the group, just about themselves, about the depth of what they discovered. And what happens mm-hmm. is someone will have had a dream about the same thing. Someone will be talking using the same words before that particular thing is read aloud to the others. And we sit and listen in the silence to what's coming from the deepest part of each other. And there it is, you know, it's all there. Uh, the same images, the same words, uh, or it may come out in a memory, but it, it's all, it shows and experiences how this is happening in people. What a thrill that's been, you know? Um, mm. So, yeah. uh, we have to experience these things, you know. We, we can't just talk about them. And so yes. that's the idea. And I think, I think Uma in her temple uh, provides that in, 
both in the, the theory and the practice. And I think yes. in many churches, certainly my experience in churches, that you go in and you get the menu, but there's not teaching and practice. You know? mm. And so yeah. that's, what, that's what that branch needs. But yeah. all these traditions are pointing toward the same thing. And uh, I think God's an unfortunate word. You know, you asked one question earlier uh, about God, uh, I think when you talked with me on the phone. And, uh, yes. You know, it's just a word. It's just a word, you know. Uh, well, yeah, the only thing that makes it unfortunate, I think, is it's a word that people have heard in in uh, uh, contexts that have kind of yeah. tainted it. Uh, and so yeah, it, it doesn't it become, yeah. it, it, it comes with a lot of baggage, not for everyone, but it, for some yeah. people. And, and it in yeah. that case, I think we, we shouldn't stumble on the word. We, you know, we should just yeah. think of it in a different way, you know, just um, yeah. supreme consciousness, uh, love, um, you know, peace, yeah. <laughs> yeah. truth. Love. <laughs> and, and 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 none of them are enough. You know, no, none of those words are enough to express it, as you said in your mm. beautiful uh, introduction and meditation mm. this morning. Mm. So when we're talking about awakening the energies of love, to me, we're really talking about a mystical path, and um, that. It's that mystical path that we, um, you know, that we experience through, you know, many things through through our uh, practice, as we've talked about our meditation practice. People also have, you know, these experiences of oneness in a lot of different settings, right? In in yeah. uh, you know being yeah. out in a beautiful place in nature, in um, yeah. you know hanging in being with a newborn baby. I mean, there's yeah. you know there's lots of things that can give us this experience of oneness. Um, but, uh, so if, if, uh, we think about those experiences of, of, you know, sort of mystical experiences that experiences of connection with something larger than ourselves, which we could say God, but we could also say (laughs) that love or truth, you know, these other words we were just talking about. So, um, can we all be mystics? Oh, I think it's a wonderful question. Uh, ever, I mean, Everyone has both a scientist and a mystic in them. You know, we're, we're, it's inborn. It's there. And some may choose not to listen, you know, not to listen for those images or whatever it is that's calling. Whether it's uh, there's a, a tumor in you, you're being called. Um, some of us are just too involved in this uh, technological scientific focus and blot it out or make it wrong. And so, but others, anyone can find their own mystic. I didn't even know about uh, what mystics were until I finally saw a book and I started to read it and, oh, I said, that's what I am. I felt like I finally come home to some kind of identity. You know, I dropped all the others. So, yes, absolutely, everyone. Uh, It's available to everyone. Yes. And we've already talked about some ways that people can access that. Um, you talked about silence, um, just, you know, entering our, our own inner silence, which is certainly something that uh, we do in meditation. Um, practicing silence, you know, for a period of time, being out in nature, um, writing. You mentioned that as well, you know, that for some people that's a very helpful addition to their uh, spiritual path. Um, do you have anything to add to that list that I just uh, well, threw I out mean, there? One, yeah, I think a lot of people journal, and to my way of thinking, that's led by thought and it's orderly. And what I have had people do in groups, what I learned uh, was uh, free writing, which is just simply writing as fast as you can, let, letting the words lead to the next word, whatever that happens to be, breaking off. Uh, and often in the last five minutes, uh, there's wonderful moments of a, of a memory, uh, an image, a, a, a creative idea. Uh, you never know. I mean, the entire of the, my first book that I was writing in between while I was really studying Teilhard's words, um, I have called The Dancing Animal Woman. And... and um, that book was uh, 50, 75% free writing. It was stuff that just poured out that I didn't do. It came through. And I think mm. the creative is another wonderful word for the, whatever this is, this, what this is. You know, the creative that it comes through us, that's part of us and is opened up by letting go. And that's our 
that's our work, you know, letting go and allowing the the creative, the 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 divine, the what's I'm trying to the presence, I guess that's the best word for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To yeah. to be to be there, as you said, uh, in our meditation, inside, outside, all around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So one of the things that you mentioned at the end of the book, uh, you talk about attending to the silence within. And there is another quote by Yogacharya O'Brien, uh, which is this, contemplation of Om, the primordial sound emanating from the field of God, purifies the mind. Absorbing our attention in this inner sound during meditation brings mastery of the senses and mental clarity. And I I also uh, practice this in my meditation, listening to inner sound. And for some people, it's also, um, there's also um, uh, concentrating on inner light. That's, an, you know, for some people, it's not the sound, but for me, it's listening to inner sound. So um, I, I was thrilled that you actually included that section in the book. And I wanted to ask you, so what has your experience been with complement, with uh, contemplating this inter- inner sound? Uh, which you call the thundering sound of silence. Yeah, thundering sound of silence is, is just, again, that came to me. Uh, but it was just a matter of suddenly being aware. And this was after the book was, the first edition was written, and I did add it at the end of the second. I began to question, because for me, it is, it, 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 it's a soundless sound. <laughs> there's no actual mm-hmm, sound, mm-hmm. and there's an inward sound, and and a, a vibration that I can, I feel. Uh, my feet feel it on the ground. I feel it within. I feel the sound of the vibration. And I suddenly ask, what do you suppose this is what people in the East were trying to do when they came up with Om, you know, and all of them trying to, trying to express this unknown sound. Mm-hmm. Then I, 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 the, on the, in the Jewish tradition, the word is Ruah, R-U-A-H, it means breath, but it's more than breath. And so I've been following that. And uh, it, it, I learned that uh, when the two black holes collided a couple years ago, it actually created a sound, and they, it was out of human range, but they did technically what they can do, and they decided it was a B-flat. I just love that. <laughs> and I, uh, you know, I can't say that I can give you an actual pitch. Uh, but, no. But, yeah, I mean, that's, that's presence. That is presence. And I attend yeah. to that. And that, yes. it comes with the breath. It comes with the breath. Yeah. Yeah, and for me, it it really deepens my meditation. It's a it's a focus of concentration, and yeah. uh, it helps to lead me into that presence. I yeah. I think it's a very valuable tool. So yeah. I know that that um, was it. I think it was in last year. I think in 2016. I know that you were gravely ill. And uh, we're in the hospital. I think um, you mentioned to me that the um, they weren't sure what the diagnosis was. It, you know, it was eventually diagnosed as um, meningitis, I believe. But anyway, you, you were in the ICU. I mean, you were really sick. And then you recovered. Um, and so, you know, here you are. Um, you, uh, you've had this very, you know, very rich life experience. And now you've had, you know, this experience with, I almost say a near death experience. You know, so how, how has that, how has that changed your life? Well, um, it changed it radically. I mean, I, I was rushed to the hospital with a massive headache and actually had spinal meningitis and then encephalitis. And the doctor said, you know, people this sick, she said to my children, uh, don't get to go home. So mm-hmm. I knew that in dream. I knew it in dream. <clears throat> but I was terrified. And I was terrified because of the kind of thing that was going on around me. And I didn't trust anybody. Not the doctors, not the nurses, not my family, not friends, not my children. I I was sure, and I went into what many, many people have when they have either of those illnesses, uh, but also are hospitalized for almost four weeks, which I was, as they kept trying to test me. Um, I became to ha- I began I had delusions from the very early time, and mm-hmm. I was sure that everyone was trying to kill me, and others. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were very 
they were horrific. And my oldest son, our oldest son, George's uh, son, Charles, came to visit me, and I kept trying to get him to listen to this delusion because nobody was believing me. And I feel it almost facially out to the right. And uh, so he said, Anne, whenever you turn to that, bring your attention back to the good. And somehow that resonated with this 40 years of meditation. And I, I moved. And I spent um, months, weeks, just turning to the good any time that delusion came to me. And within about two months uh, that I was healed. And the same doctor who told my children uh, that I wasn't going to make it uh, was the person who had to check me out in order to get a license. And uh, so I went to her, and she kept hitting her head with the palm of her hand. I can't believe you're so well. I can't believe you're so mm. well. You know, she did it three times, mm. like Pope Mea in the Catholic yeah. Church. But it wow. was, that was the healing. Uh, people and people have told me since then that they all have friends and relatives who never made it and were sent to uh, psychi- psychiatric wards for the rest of their lives. So this shows me that the healing that's possible with the attention on the good, the divine, the the spirit, uh, presence, uh, that is literally a miraculous kind of experience. (laughs) So I thought people might be interested in that. I might keep them meditating. (laughs) Oh, my. Well, it certainly is, is helpful. You're not, you know don't need to be as ill as you were. I think people, um, no. m- most people actually feel this in meditation. They feel it impact their life in, and make yeah. other things flow, flow more easily. And it yeah. sounds like in this case, that's exactly, you know, what this did. So yeah. we've come very close to the end. We've only got another, say, maybe minute. And is there any last word of maybe encouragement or inspiration that you want to share with our listeners? Well, I think that uh, I think we're all yearning for something, this this greater life, you know. And uh, I, this process, this way of listening, uh, becomes kind of a living conversation inside and outside. I mean, you you join somehow um, if you keep this gentle turning of attention to, to what already is is in you, you know, the, 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 the whole universe, the presence of love, it's, um, that, that's, that is, if that, if you make that your compass, um, I think we will make our own small contribution to the whole um, creation. Mm. Um, oh, that's lovely. Yeah, I really do. Well, and with that, we've come to the end of our hour. You've been listening to the Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien, and we've been discussing Awaken to the Fire of Love Within with our special guest, Anne Hillman, author of the book we've been discussing today, Awakening the Energies of Love, Discovering Fire for the Second Time. You can find more about Anne and her work at annhillman.net, and that's, again, A-N-N-E-H-I-L-L-M-A-N, annhillman.net. So, Anne, thanks again so much for joining us. Thank you. It's, it's been my pleasure and honor. The Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment Meditation Center in the Kriya Yoga tradition. CSE welcomes people from all backgrounds who are seeking self and God realization, a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. You can find out more about the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment at csecenter.org. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast at iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you to the Yoga Hour team, regular host, founder, and director of the Yoga Hour, Yogacharya O'Brien, assistant producers Anne Hayes and Sean Smith, and as always, Jeff Comfort in the sound booth at unity.fm. I look forward to being with you again 
when Yogacharya O'Brien is away. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all you meet. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. notice that there might be something not quite right, but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring, a restlessness, a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, what was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. If you find your heart longing, wanting, looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose, join us for transformation, inspiration, hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio. Have you heard the quote, dream lofty dreams, and as you dream, so shall you become? Your vision is the promise of what you shall one day be. Do you have a dream that you've put on the shelf because it seemed too good to be true for you or out of reach? I hope you'll consider resurrecting that dream because you'll never really be happy until you at least try. The great visionary Walt Disney once said, All of our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. At Unity, we believe that you have the power within you to realize your dreams by applying the proven spiritual principles we share. You will learn how to become the joyous, dynamic, fulfilled person you're meant to be. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. we live can be holy and all we need to do to experience that state is to make the decision to do so 
Everything we do can be a prayer. And by using our innate creativity with intention in every aspect of our lives, that can indeed be true. Author Carla Kincannon wrote, Creativity is so much more than art making. It is a tool for navigating through everyday experiences to find the sacred in each God-given moment. Discover Creative Spirit, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time, and experience the joy of connecting to spirit through creative expression. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. 